Welcome to DT and VT, starring myself, Daryl Taylor, and my co-host, a good friend of mine, Vernon Thomas. We have an interview and networking-based show. Our guests have excelled in their field and will help listeners traverse the confusions of the job market. There she is. Hi. Jane, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Forget my crazy background. It's the craziest background. It's like sports figures and birthday cards from decades ago. It's a nice background. I like it. (laughs) Nice to meet you, Vern. Hey, nice to meet you. How are we? So I look a little bit tired. It's early in the morning here. I'm in Malaysia at the moment. <laughs> Why are you a morning person? Um, yeah, I am. But for some reason, since I've been here, I just haven't been able to be a morning person. It's been so like gloomy and rainy. And I don't know. I just don't want to get out of bed in the mornings here for some reason. Hi, guys. Sorry about that. I'm not sure why it dropped out. All right, there we go. Oh, we're back at it. Hey, so so where are you guys? Are you guys in New York? You're on the East Coast or yeah? Yep, New York, New York. Nice. I've been there a few times. Oh, how'd you like it? Um, I loved it. I I loved New York. Um, I don't know if I was there long enough and I also wasn't shown around by a local. I just went with my best friend and we kind of just did whatever, but we had a really good time. I had to actually show love for your podcast. The, The first episode I listened to that one and the one with your best friend, you were really able to, you know, just articulate everything. And you had, a, like you said, you had a great memory, suffered some concussions here and there. So just wanted to compliment you <laughs> on that real quick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I was so nervous starting because I've never really done anything like that before. And I've never really been like a great speaker. So I wasn't sure how I'd go. Um, but I just thought, why not? Let's just give it a go. And yeah, that's how it started. This is dope, dope. So for those that don't know, I, I followed you, Jane, for, for quite a while as far as uh, the LFL. And for a lot mm-hmm. of people that don't know Legends Football League, now it's called the X League. Now they did, did a little rebranding. Overall, just literally with the, the LFL, what was that like for you being in the, in the Legends Play Football League? Because that's, that's really cool. Because when DT was telling me, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to get Jane. I was like, Jane, who's like Jane Call? She used to play in the LFL. I was like, I, I, I followed her and everything. So that's pretty dope. <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you for the follow and the support all these years. I really appreciate it. I feel like I had somewhat of a different journey to other people because I played in LFL Australia before I played in LFL US. Um, so that was kind of my way into the league. Um, I, cause I'm obviously Australian, you guys can tell. Um, I played out in Australia for one year and I got recruited by American coaches to then come over and play in the States, which for me at the time, you know, I was so young. I was so excited to go over there and live in a new country and play a new sport. So, yeah, I w- got recruited to go play in the States. I played for Atlanta, Georgia my first year. And that was really cool, but I didn't start at QB. And that was cool for me because they said, you know what, like you're Australian, you don't really understand the position, just like sit and learn and you'll get your time, you know, in the future. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So that's what I did. And then the second year came around and LA was able to give me a start at QB. So I went there and played my first year as a starter in LA and we did really good. We only lost one game. And it was such an incredible experience, you know, like living in Atlanta and then L.A. Um, but I knew that my time in L.A. was kind of 
temporary because their starter actually got suspended for a season. So she was coming back the following year. And I was like, oh, no, I'm, you know, I finally got a start and I want to continue playing. And I was lucky enough to be able to go play in Chicago for two years for the best team in the league at the time, who had the best head coach. And, yeah, we ended up going – I ended up going out there and Quincy came with me. We played together in L.A. and then we went out to Chicago together and our first year, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals game, and we ended up losing to Atlanta, um, which was really heartbreaking. But then the next year, we came back, and we went undefeated. We won the championship. And, yeah, after that, I retired. I dropped the mic, and I left. I was nodding along because I followed some of, the, <laughs> some of that uh, narrative. Your first episode, I can't remember the, the entire title, but it said uh, the best and baddest female quarterback. So <laughs> we already know that, but let everybody else know why. Like I would consider myself, and it took me a long time to develop my game, but I consider myself a real double threat. You know, like I was a real a threat on the ground as well as in the air. So, you know, if like the defense was running a really strong like blitz defense and they were, you know, they didn't have like a good secondary or they didn't leave people back in the, se in the secondary, then we would just like go deep, you know? So, you know, I felt like I could be in the air or on the ground. So that's why I dubbed myself that nickname. <laughs> that's, that's dope. Because a lot of people that, like me, pay attention to the LFL, like you had Keith Hack as, I think, one of your coaches in Chicago. Great coach, literally great coach, DJ, if you, like, literally pay attention to the LFL like that. She had Quincy Hewitt, your best friend. I think you had Jessica the Ferrari Harris on the squad. Chrissy. I'm not going to say. Oh, Christy Chrissy. for Ferrari Harris. You had, yeah. like, she had Allie Alberts. Like, she had, like, a team back then. I think you had, like, Heather Fur or something like that before. In Chicago, uh, she was the QB before me. So yeah. that 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 was the Chicago Bliss. For those that don't know, they were the New England Patriots before, like in the LFL and everything. Really dominant team and everything. But Stephen A. The batter, I, I'm I'm just <laughs> listen. I, I like I said, I pay attention to to a lot of it and everything because I, I I love like literally watching the LFL, the the growth of it. But getting into your time and your experience, you said you had to sit behind somebody before you end up getting an opportunity like what was that experience like for you and did that motivate you to want to learn more about the offensive system and want to take eventually when you were taking over were you ready to take over as a starting QB at the time period yeah 100% so I actually sat behind Dakota Hughes which if you followed the LFL you would know that she is one of the best QBs in the league and I was really lucky to learn from her you know uh, her work ethic the way that she approached the game her leadership she all she had all great qualities at being a QB so I was able to watch and learn how she ran an offense and at the time I was I had the mindset that I was okay with uh, being QB too because you know everyone had told me at the time you're Australian and you don't understand the game as well as Americans and which is why I couldn't get a start my first year so that was kind of what I was like being told at the time which I was fine with and so I just took that year I took that opportunity to really yeah learn from her learn the way that Americans play the game and even just develop my game knowledge even more because at that stage I'd only played one season of American football I wasn't introduced to the game um, until you know I was 20 years old so I was just happy learning 
learning and taking everything in and everything about the game as well. You know, like how game day is, her approach to game day, how the coaches are learning the playbook, um, the even the terminology, the play calling and all of that was different in America. So I just really took the opportunity that first year to sit behind, learn absolutely everything that I could. And I knew that when I got my moment that I would be ready. Take us through your bond with Quincy Hewitt. I love the podcast. Uh, I love the podcast episode with you and her. I'm going to probably venture to the Jordan Howard podcast as well. He had a great rookie year in Chicago, but that bond is so tight. Why is that? Uh, so Quincy and I, we actually, um, we didn't know each other until we both got to LA. So we didn't know each other in Australia prior to um, playing together in LA. And a lot of people were like, oh, you guys are both from Australia. Of course, you guys know each other. Uh, but no, I only knew her because we played against each other in one of the LFL Australia games. So I had heard of her, but I didn't know her. And when I got to LA, all of the Australian girls, there was actually quite a few Australian girls in LA at the time. Uh, Quincy Hewitt, Kiana, Ty Emery. Um, we all had a similar schedule because we were what they call LFL imports. You know, like we were international players per like uh, our um, status of being in America, we could only be athletes. Like we couldn't have like a job on the side like most other girls on the team. So we had more free time to hang out outside of football than like, you know, uh, as opposed to just only seeing each other at practice and at games. Um, so then we kind of developed our relationship there, but we had always been like in a group setting um, with all of the LFL Australia players. And then, yeah, I, it was coming to the end of the season and I was about to leave LA and I had like my last night in LA, you know, like we went out, we just did the thing like last night in LA. We did it big and then I don't know how the night ended up happening, but her and I ended up just being her and I and we just vibed like we just got along straight away. And I was just like, I just know that this is my person, like my, my best friend. Like I just knew that straight away, like it was just like a connection. It was a bond. And then, yeah, like she knew that I was going to Chicago and she was like, okay, uh, you know what? I don't really like my situation here in LA. I think I'm going to come too. She called up the coach in Chicago and was like, hey, do you need a tight end? And they were like, yeah, why not? Jump on a plane. She was like, all right. So then she came out to Chicago with me and then we only just strengthened our relationship and our friendship from then on. And yeah, we went through so many ups and downs together. We were roommates in Chicago and, uh, you know, now we're still best friends and business as partners um but yeah that's kind of how it started there were some la stories that you could not tell uh, out <laughs> loud so <laughs> yeah yeah there was some drama going on in la <laughs> you and quincy obviously because she played both sides of the ball dn and she played tight end at chicago you were the quarterback obviously so did like playing with each other in chicago that quarterback tight end caught like partnership almost like when we see Brady Tom Brady and Gronkowski was like did that force you guys a whole lot and that's that's not the reason why you guys had the chemistry that you guys did in Chicago yeah 100% we lived together so we learned the playbook together um it was just unfortunate that Hack didn't call a lot of plays where I could throw the ball to her but when she wasn't uh going off on a route she was pass protecting and she was my blind side so I had complete trust in her she always had my back on the field and off the field and yeah I just feel like that only strengthened our relationship we definitely do have a Brady and Gronk relationship except I never got to throw the ball to her because Hack never released her at tight end but her and I for two years 
we went to the field together. We practiced routes together. She would run routes for me, but she would even run like wide receiver routes just so I could get reps in. And then in our championship year in the Eastern Conference Finals game against Nashville, Hack finally called a play where she could go off on a route. I threw her the ball. She scored a touchdown. Her first touchdown was Chicago and my first touchdown throwing to her. Um, and it was just really special. That was a game changer it changed the momentum of the game and swung our way and we were actually the underdogs going into that game and not expected to win and we came away with the win as eastern conference championships and then yeah you know the story we went on and won the championship so that was a pivotal moment real quick what do they call that because i was gonna say hosting up the lombardi but that's not it what do they call that trophy the, the legends, legends cup, cup. yeah the yeah, legends yeah you cup. know vernon knows that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say on the topic of, of Quincy, just to kind of circle my point here, uh, just talk about your business ventures because you have a business together. Yeah, so after we left football um, at the end of 2018, after we had won the championship, and we did like a little championship tour, you know, we went to New York, Miami, Houston, like we did a little bit of partying, you know, as champions do. Um, the kind of the hype from that died down a little bit and then like the reality kicked in like, okay, what are we going to do now? You know, sport has been our whole life for a very long time and like, we just didn't know who we were outside of sport and outside of being athletes. Like every day, our daily routine revolved around getting better as football players. And then all of a sudden that wasn't our life anymore. That wasn't the goal. Um, and yeah, we were just really lost for a long time. So she flew back to Australia and I went back to Thailand to see my family. And we just, we spent some time apart. I think it was like three months apart and um, just did some thinking and like soul searching, if you'll call it. Um, and obviously just spending time with family because we'd been away from home for so long. And then when we came back together, that's when we're like, okay, well, I know for sure that we want to start a business. After living your dream and living such a passionate lifestyle for so long, we couldn't think about going back to like, you know, just a, a job, which we weren't passionate about, you know, like working in nine to five, that just wasn't for us. And it didn't resonate with us. So we definitely knew that entrepreneurship was the next route for us, but we just didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, so it took some time to find out and we tried different things um, along the way until we find out, like, until we found out what we're doing now, which is we launched Yabish Fit, which is a fitness app for women. Um, and it focuses on, you know, working on the outside, the physical body, as well as uh, the mental. And as athletes for so long, we knew how important working on your mental game is. So we incorporated all of those tools into an app for women, which is now free to download. So if there's any women watching, make sure you go check out Yabish Fit. It's amazing and it's free. And literally, we just launched our next product, which is a detox tea, which helps women with bloating and digestive issues. Um, so yeah, all, all of our business ventures are focused towards women's wellness. So many times as athletes, the hardest part is moving on and everything. You know, you see like Tom Brady, he just retired after like 23 years and everything. And I guess he's trying to have to navigate and figure out life. When did you know that you were done playing with football like completely and was it a hard process for you to try to like go into that because like I mean after like when you retire first it's like okay yeah I I'm done because of the fact that you know I'm just I'm over it I don't want to get hit no more this and the third and then later on it's like man I missed the game especially when you're watching some of your colleagues and other people in the league and everything so was it really like a tough transition 
for you to make going from I'm a football player to now I'm like a entrepreneur and I'm do I'm a businesswoman like was that a tough transition for you overall? Yeah, definitely. I felt like my decision more so came from the fact that I had a few concussions. Um, so I actually felt like I was done after the 2017 season, after we lost to Atlanta, because um, I did get concussed in that game, and I had two prior to that as well. Um, so three concussions all up, and I felt like that was the main factor that drove my decision to walking away from the sport, just because there wasn't a lot of research out there on female on the female brain and concussions. You know, there's a lot of research and that going on on the male brain with concussions, but there wasn't a lot on the female brain. So it was a scary space for me to navigate at the time just because I didn't understand it fully and I did feel the symptoms after my concussions initially um they faded which was able to that's that's why I could continue playing but I just wasn't sure of the long-term effects so after the 2017 season I was absolutely heartbroken we had lost to Atlanta in the Eastern Conference game and I was thinking about walking away from the sport that year um, but I went home at the end of every season. I go home and spend time with my family. And, you know, they were just like, if you want to walk away from the game, we'll support you if that's what you want to do. I spoke to Quincy. I was like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go back for another season? And we both decided, like, yeah, let's give it one more shot. Let's, no matter what happens at the end of the 2018 season, we're going to walk away. So we kind of had that mindset going into the 2018 season. And so, yeah, we just decided that no matter what happens, regardless, if we win, we lose, we're going to walk away from the sport at the end of 2018 and just give it everything we got. And we, it was actually, you know, we were just lucky enough that we ended up going undefeated and winning the championship. So it was a really nice way to end to end your career. But at the end of the 20 season, 2018 season and winning and being on that high in the way that it was, it made us rethink again, like, do we actually want to walk away from this sport? Because we're, we felt like we were at the peak, you know, or like getting to the peak of our playing careers. And then Coach Hack ended, uh, decided to walk away. So that was a huge factor for me. I was like, I don't want to come back and play for some rookie coach a lot of the veteran girls decided to walk away as well after that 2018 season. So then that actually confirmed our decision to walk away. So there was a few factors, but it was really tough. And like Tom Brady did, he retired and then came back and then retired. I thought I was going to like do the same thing because you kind of decide, yes, I'm going to retire. And then once you make that decision, you're like, no, I missed it. I want to go back to it. Like, I don't think I'm done yet. And yeah, so you're going on this constant back and forth and you just got to like live with your decision and then, yeah, just find joy and passion in the next thing that you do. Oh yeah. So I know DT, um, somebody in the comments says it was like XX Thunder 4. They're like, who's your favorite football team? My t favorite two team, since I'm in New York, I'm a Giants fan and everything. DT got good news today because he's a Jets fan and they just got Aaron Rodgers. They just about got Aaron Rodgers. Ago. Yes, I saw so, that. Finally, the longest trade talks ever. <laughs> it's a discount double check kind of day. Speaking of the Packers, we're glad that you didn't retire four or five times like Brett Favre did. Uh, <laughs> he's got his own scandal. We won't get into that. Just Google Brett Favre. I actually wanted to reflect on the, the body positivity. It feels like a sentimental podcast, but um, I wanted to re reflect on that because you did mention, hey, like you had some doubters, some haters within the league, but you did have some like fellow teammates, some of the ladies you were hanging out with who reassured you of body positivity of what you were comfortable wearing. And just talk about that because it just seems it's an essential reassurance. Like we, we should all be uh, self-validating, but when you get that outside validation, it means so much. So 
A hundred percent. The body, po- like, there wasn't a lot of body po- positivity from the league itself. You know, it was like a very toxic environment when it comes to bo- body positivity because they have a fat list. So if you're on the fat list, you're not playing on Saturday night. And as a woman, in your mind, you're thinking, okay, I need to, I need to train to be a football player. I need to be a great football player, but I also need to be like a body of a supermodel, you know, because if like they come and check and you're a little bit overweight or your, your stomach doesn't look flat because maybe you're bloated because that's natural with women, uh, you might not get the start on Saturday night. Um, so women actually got into the habit of stopping to eat. All they drank was like black coffee leading up to the game just so they could stay as lean as possible. So it started to create this very toxic environment within the league. And then girls decided to be like, you know what, like, this is just how our bodies are. And we're female athletes, we need to eat to be able to perform at our best. And we can't keep doing this. So girls started to change that narrative. And especially a lot of the veterans in the league helped a lot of the younger players just have that body confidence and that body positivity. And just being like, you know what, when you're popping, you can do whatever you want, you know, and if they're going to tell all of us to sit out the game, then like, it was kind of like a rebellion against the system and they said they're not going to make us all sit out because then there's going to be no one to play the game so then things kind of change a little bit and uh the league had to accept that that's just how things were you know like we couldn't remain super lean and all of that and still have the great product on the field you know it just wasn't realistic for a lot of women because you know some of the bigger girls who play on the line you know d end tight end they've just got a naturally bigger body set you know like they can't be super lean like the wide receivers it's just not possible but yeah that's how things started to change and i was really grateful for my girls in chicago because those girls were such amazing teammates like the best teammates i've ever had especially Chrissy Harris you mentioned Chrissy Harris and I'm so glad that you mentioned her because I consider her like my big sister she was someone that's always in your ear hyping you up reminding you how beautiful you are you have a beautiful body and yeah and it was just nice to have you know mentors and girls that you look up to who are veterans and legends in the game um hyping you up like that I remember watching like the ABC special about like the LFL Mitch Mortaz is kind of like vision for the league at the time period of course kind of like why are you wearing this and it's like not to like judge but it's also like why are you trying to like expose and what's the reason and i get at that time period you could probably say it was like more marketing now there was a one time period that i know dj doesn't pay attention to the lfl like that like i do they were like wearing like leggings and everything i was like okay i can go with this as opposed to, okay, nothing but a bra and booty short, this and that, playing football. But then it's like, when I was hearing that, you know, like, pale girls had to get, like, tan, this, that, and third, or, or you have to have, like, certain, like, criterias. Much like the NFL, like, if you get, like, where your socks too high, you get fined for that and everything. Or And I was just like, Ray, really? Like, they have to go through all that? Just to, I think, like, K.K. Matheny, who played for the Seattle Missile, now – Seattle Thunder and everything in the uh, X League. Now they rebranded everything, but it's just it was just like so uh, like amazing to have that. But how did you feel overall, especially like kind of wearing like the uniform and, and playing in, in something that I know a lot of people would say it's like skimpy and you're really not wearing nothing and everything. Like yeah, so in the beginning, ideally, uh, it wasn't great because of the reason why we had to wear the uniform. Like you said, it was for marketing purposes and it was for viewership and all of that. You know, they did bring in leggings one season and they actually lost like 60 to 70% viewership when they brought the leggings in. So we wore leggings for two games and then they went back to the booty shorts. 
because they lost so much viewership. So that was the reason why we had to wear that uniform. Um, and for me, coming from Australia and so young into the game, I was really shy just because I didn't have that body positivity and confidence at the time. But actually, when you put on the uniform and you put on everything, the, the gear, the pads, the helmet, the eye black, everything, you feel like a warrior. And you felt so empowered in the uniform. I didn't feel degraded. I didn't feel, uh, you know, like a piece of meat that people were just looking at. I felt really strong and powerful in that uniform because it felt like in a way that you were going out to war, you know, like you were going out to war with your sisters because everyone on that other team wants to take your head off and you have to feel strong and beautiful. And that's exactly how the uniform made me feel. Despite what a lot of people say about the uniform, I actually, after actually putting it on and playing in it, I didn't really have any issues with it. Um, and neither did a lot of the girls in the league. And that was just like a lot of just talk and people who don't understand what the league is really about. Obviously, ideally, like we would like some equality and having just regular uniforms. But I honestly didn't mind wearing the uniforms that we wore. And when they brought in the leggings, um, the leggings actually was like, it made you feel so hot. Like you couldn't breathe. Your skin couldn't breathe in the leggings. And so all, all of us were sweating a lot more than what we would normally like, you know, because of how hot it was to wear the leggings. Maybe because we were so used to wearing the shorts after um, such a long time wearing the shorts. But that was kind of how it was. And, yeah, they have a lot of criteria on game day that a lot of people actually don't know about. Every team is actually sponsored by a spray tanning. So, yeah, if you're Caucasian or Asian or whatever, you are expected to get a spray tan before every game. You have to wear eyelash extensions. So the strip on eyelash or like go get eyelash extensions. You have to wear full on makeup. You have to wear a black or nude thong or G-string underneath the pants. Um, you have to wear nipple tape underneath. Um, you can't wear a bra. You have to wear nipple tape. And they just had so many rules on what we couldn't couldn't do on game day. And people around the league, they had like a liaison in the league who would come into the women's locker room, usually a woman, and check that you had everything on as per the league rules. This is some like a league <laughs> of your own type. <laughs> uh. Sorry, I'm getting concussions badly. Y'all were wearing hockey helmets with like the visor and everything. I remember I think Allie Albers ended up getting a concussion because she got ran over in a game against a. LA Temptation or something like that, but man. Yeah, the hockey helmets. And also our pads were just foam. They were just like, you know, they weren't proper pads. <laughs> As Ali's the one that has a family now, right? Like Yes. I can't yep. remember. She's got All two right. yeah, two daughters now. Yeah, Ali is amazing. She is one of my favorite humans and favorite teammates ever. She is a beast on both sides of the ball. She's just an overall athlete and she's so smart. She's a dentist as well. I don't know if a lot of people know yes. that she is actually yes. a dentist by trade. Yes. Yeah, she is so smart and she has so much knowledge about the game and she was so passionate. And I was just really grateful that I got to play with her um, and I got to throw balls to her. She got to catch a touchdown. And yeah, I absolutely love Allie. Shout out to Allie. <laughs> yeah, shout out, yeah, shout out to Allie. I remember, like I said, they had the ABC special of the LFL, like I think it was like years ago. And it was like they're talking about the day jobs, the son, the third. And Allie Alberts, you know, went to school for, you know, being a dentist and everything. She got knocked out in a game one time period. And the lady uh, was interviewing her. It's like, you, you're, you're putting yourself at risk and everything. But she was, she played receiver. She played safety for free safety and everything for the Chicago mm -hmm. Bliss and everything. She was a real key part of the Chicago Bliss. I remember Allie Alberts, like, let's say she was a really good safety.
Yeah, and she was also our team dentist as well. We all went to see her for our dental work. And after one game, I think it was in 2017 against Denver. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but this clip went viral for a little bit. But it was kind of like a video where the ball gets snapped back and I wasn't ready for it. And I was kind of like searching for the ball. I pick up the ball and I run and I get smacked on my back by this tiny little strong safety like she comes up and like hits me right here and I just fall on my back like so hard and it was like a viral clip I was like why does the clip of that gotta go viral of me gotta be me getting like smacked (laughs) like that but after that my tooth actually got chipped and I had to go see Ali to get my tooth fixed after the game Uh, well, hopefully you had, well, you were, you were on a visa. I was gonna, I was gonna make a healthcare U.S. joke, but we all know how that would end. Um, <laughs> hopefully she comped you on it. Um, I'm gonna smooth into this conversation. You have an OF, yeah. we don't need to go, we don't need to go deeply into it. I'm actually gonna ask not why, but why not in this current era? Everyone's monetizing in a versatile way. So some people yeah. are trainers, they're, they're usually, they're actually using their body to, to earn money. So I'm, I'm going to ask why not for someone who has a following or someone who has any sort of influence or uses their body to earn their living. No, 100%. So when I started playing football in America, I started getting a following. But like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, we were only there on an athlete visa. So we could only earn money through being an athlete. Um, and we couldn't earn money any other way. So I actually started a Patreon back when I was playing LFL because there was no OF then. And um, so Patreon was the platform back then, but then years later, and so I had like, you know, that's how I did it, like that subscription model behind the scenes, you know, um, you could chat with me on like a more intimate level and got to know my fans a little bit better. And so, yeah, I started that with Patreon and I showed like my life you know, outside of football via Patreon. And then years passed and I still had that account and people had transitioned. Like no one was on Patreon anymore. You know, like all of the traffic, all of everyone was going towards OF. So I was like, you know what? Like I did Patreon, why not? not OF. So I have changed, like changed it all over. Same model, same behind the scenes look of my life. You know, like you get to chat with me. I'll actually answer DMs there. And it's actually really nice to connect with fans and people who love you and love your game. And just, it's just like high energy conversations and showing so much love. And, you know, like there's the stigma around the platform. And honestly, if you have like people who want to show you love and talk to you about your career and all of that stuff and you have like a following like you said why not you know like it's a great platform it's something that I do on the side to my businesses which I really enjoy um honestly people think that the fans in the LFL are a certain way but they're actually really amazing you know I got shown so much love by the fan base in the LFL and so many people who have followed me ever since LFL Australia to LFL America that still follow me and show me love to this day and like that's crazy don't you think like that's showing so much love like it's just so nice and i'm really grateful for it so we've been talking about football for like the the longest period but who inspired you to actually want to play football um who inspired me to actually want to play football I actually was introduced to the game from my dad. He had done a lot of business in the States. He had spent a lot of time in New England and Seattle. 
And so he had shown me, uh, you know, like Patriots clips and Seahawks clips and stuff like that. And one day it was like a Sunday or whatever. He was watching the game. It was on TV. And he was like, oh, come, come look at this. Come check it out. I was like, okay. So I came and checked it out. It was a game against the Chargers at the time. And I just saw like this QB hand this ball off to the running back. I didn't know that that was the position at the time. But it was Ladanian Tomlinson. And he did this like insane run. Like he like juke to the side he like made so many people miss and then scored a touchdown i was like wow like what is this game this game is insane so my dad tried to explain it to me but i didn't really understand it and then i saw an lfl clip on mtv and then i was like oh my gosh like women are playing this game too like this is insane um so i don't think it was like a certain person who inspired me to want to play but it was a moment in time and that moment from my dad made me like think about the game and then seeing the lfl and these beautiful women playing this incredible sport i was just like i want to do that and that's how i when the league came to australia i was like okay i'm definitely going to try out yeah, you were playing volleyball and you were trying to do football at the same time you end up scrapping volleyball mm -hmm. uh, you know going mm -hmm. full force into football and the rest is history god I, I i would love to i mean i have a dad like that but i would love to meet your dad <laughs> like <laughs> that's just such an inspiration i wouldn't be where i would uh was if my dad didn't show me like nfl clips of terry bradshaw the, the steel curtain uh purple people eaters doomsday defense my dad's a cowboys fan that's just, that's just awesome that you have a you have a dad like that. And he actually came to your first game, and you said he noticed that the other team was way better <laughs> than you were. Yeah, no, my dad is amazing, and he loves sport. And I always, that's how I grew up in a sports household. Uh, you know, my brother played sport. My mom also played sport. Um, and so we were always encouraged to play sport. And, yeah, that first game, my dad, because we played on a rugby field, which is the professional rugby field, and he played for that professional rugby team. So it was so crazy that he played on the same field that I ended up playing in in the LFL. Um, but, yeah, my dad can also be a savage. He's straight up honest all the time. And he'll give me a breakdown of my game after every game. He's like, look this is what you did wrong. This is what you did that you can improve on. But this is also what you did good. So he'll, yeah, he'll give me honest feedback all the time. But I love it. You know, it's good. Like, it's like I got someone in my corner who's always got my back and will give it to me straight. So. <laughs> I want to get to, like, running backs, like, uh, like a little bit because Krista Harris was, one, like, one of my favorites. And I know DJ probably doesn't know who I'm talking about. Krista Harris, they called her the Ferrari everything. Dopest running back. Like, what was Krista Harris like for you? You know, you would hand her the ball off. Like, what was she like to you just being out there on the field? Oh, she was amazing. Just her energy, her presence in the huddle. It just felt so calming because as a QB, you know that if you've got a solid run game, it takes the pressure off the pass game. So I always know if we couldn't get the pass game going, it's all good. Let's just give it to Chrissy. She'll do her thing. She'll get us some yards. And then, like, I'll, I'll eventually find my rhythm. I'll find my way to get the pass game going. So she just gave me that peace, that calming sensation. And it was just so nice to have her on the field. She was such a leader and veteran in the game. She knew absolutely everyone. She knew the defenses. She just was just an amazing presence. And she was like our older sister. You know, she was everyone's sis. I call her sissy. And yeah, she's just like, she, I just loved having her on the field. Um, and I'm so grateful that I got to play with her. Like so many amazing players I got to play with in Chicago. She was a tank, man. <laughs> she was a tank. That's all I'm going to tell Daryl that. She was awesome.
watching her it was awesome. Like watch he's like watching like Ladadian Thompson, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Like yes. all and that and she had a mean dead leg man. like I'm telling you like she can make a cut and she's like to me like watching her like on uh, YouTube everything she was seeing so tall like all the girls are having all trouble trying to bring her down man like crazy she's like she's like a corner piece of that dynasty she was she's strong as well you know like she would run and you really have to tackle her like form tackle her well if not you'll just fall off <laughs> like a Marshawn Lynch figure <laughs> yes or a Derrick yes. or, or, De or a Derrick Henry in this case there's a little. My father's a little upset. Not to jump in there because he just went to uh, Philly. So that's a that's a little side note. When, when you said Crystal Harris, I was about to be like, I'm about to be like that guy that like is that Najee Harris's like distant cousin, but she seems actually better than him. Actually, the way you're describing. It. Yeah, she's great. Take us uh, briefly through your fitness routine and just take off. Take us through what's next for you just in life. Uh, so yeah, my fitness routine, I do the Yavish workouts from my app. Um, I, yeah, when I get to the gym, I'll do some form of cardio because for me, it's like a warm up, um, just to get my body warm. And, uh, so I do like an exercise from our cardio program in the app. And then I, as an athlete, I know that I should be lifting, you know, my full body. I really don't like upper body. I, I, I didn't like it when I was playing and I still don't like it now. So if I can, I'll avoid upper body days as much as I can. But I always, I never skip leg day. I always do legs and I love doing legs. And yeah, like we have an amazing booty program um, in Yavish. And I usually do one of those programs. Like we have a lower body heavy day, lower body burn or lower body tempo. So I'll do one of those days. And then, yeah, I usually walk to and from the gym so i walk to the gym do a little bit of cardio do a lift um do a little bit of stretching and then i'll head home walk home have a cold shower and get back to work and what's next in life for me is uh we literally just launched our detox tea line which is really exciting it's available for pre-order now but in about two weeks time it'll be uh, available for regular sale and uh just continue uh working on my businesses with my best friend and business partner quincy and um yeah continue doing the podcast like i absolutely love doing my podcast and and being a guest on podcasts as well um because football is like you know my my heart and soul i love football and i love talking about football and i love talking uh with other athletes about football which is why i decided to do the podcast as you know my little passion on the side and my foot in the game so yeah, just continue to do all those things. They all give me so much joy and fulfillment and happiness. So yeah, that's what's next for me. All right, there's like a, a whole bunch of people I can go on about with the LFL as far as who obviously you know you played with. Obviously, there's people that you played against, like Mo Gaxiola, Danica Bray, mm -hmm. Stevie Snor, KK Matheny, Dakota Hughes, Adrian Purnell, Dina Wojowski. I could go like. <laughs> on and on and on and ramble about that. Who was a person that you really didn't like going against when you were playing in your day? 
Okay, I really didn't like going against the Dowdy sisters from the Austin Acoustic. I don't know if you guys know her, uh, know them, the twin sisters. Um, we played them in the championship game, and they both played DNs. They are, you know, like you said, Chrissy was a beast. These girls were beasts on defense. They had speed. They had size. And one time they double teamed and tackled me, and that was probably one of the hardest hits I'd ever had as a QB and you just got to get out like it didn't hurt but it hurt I'll tell you right now it really hurt <laughs> and so when I knew that we were going against them I was like oh damn because I don't like going against them because they've got the height so a lot of the times they had the height to be able to bat the ball down if we're doing like a little pop pass over the DMs um, if they were blitzing and then they also had the speed on the outside if I wanted to roll out or scramble uh, so yeah those were two girls uh, the sisters yeah, I just did not enjoy going up against. <laughs> Where can they find you? Socials and everywhere. Yeah, so um, at jellyj.c, you can find me here. Um, you know, I'm also on YouTube and TikTok, the same at. Um, and yeah, if as any females are watching, if you guys want to um, check out my businesses, it's at yabushfit and at not another detox tea, if that's your thing. Um, so you guys can find me there. I have a friend who's trying to do a booty program, so guess what link I'm going to send her. <laughs> hey, there's easy connection and everything, so yeah. Oh, oh, just before she goes, uh, in her other page, I'm forgetting what it's called. It's just like your name. Uh, it says, yes, um, yeah, my just, personal page, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's the at to that? At Jane Caldwell Co. So it's just my name uh, so with Co in the end. Yeah, we'll put that in the description. Her her bio says, I think it says, "Real dope ass human," and <laughs> we've learned a lot yes. about. It. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. <laughs> Jane, absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, can't wait to just follow up with you. And this was this is the closest we've gotten to a crossover podcast since I have not made the NFL. I haven't played in since twenty fourteen, but. And Vernon's a, tr a true fan. I got some YouTube videos to watch, and you're a dope ass. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank yes. you. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you do. You gotta look up Jane Caldwell highlights on on YouTube and everything, man. Real talk. Um, but speaking of crossover, how about you guys come on my podcast? <laughs> okay, do let's words, make that happen. Do the words hell yeah. <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you about Daryl. Anything you want to know about stats and football and everything, that's the man right there. Now, maybe football history I can give you, but he knows his football stats and everything. He pays close attention to it. So I think that would be a really interesting podcast, though. Yes, I would love it. And then it's the flip side. I get to, I get to interview you guys. <laughs> and I'll do my research before I come on. <laughs> She's going to kill us with that accent, too. She, she speaks so fluently. <laughs> and then I had an Australian a co-worker. She was a lifeguard in her accent i could just talk to her all day so we'll, we'll try to keep it <laughs> shorter the short on your podcast but uh no appreciate you this has been awesome this is one of our favorites so far awesome thank you so much for having Absolutely. me i really enjoyed it you guys are amazing thank you so much this is jane caldwell guys uh episode five please go check out all her stuff and everything dope stuff dope content <laughs> and please go subscribe everywhere follow her on socials yeah, this is dope. This was a dope podcast. All right, Jane. Well, I was going to say good night, but it's actually good morning. So uh, we'll yep. send you the link yes. and looking forward to posting this on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all that. Okay, awesome.
thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Enjoy your evening. And I'll be in touch too. with you guys soon. All right. Thank you. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> this has been DT and VT. Thank you for listening and hope you will join us on the next episode.